0: This is the Rune and White Audible. I am Ethan Lee. I'm extending words again. And I don't know what I'm doing. Um my wife is actually using the office right now, so I am improving a studio in my bedroom. And it's it's kinda weird. Not working real well. Wish I had a desk. Um but that's that's the nature of these things. That's she makes the money. Um I am the trophy husband. Kind of. Um, no, I'm a grad student and a writer, and I don't, I don't make much money, but she works from home, and she's awesome, so she really deserves to use the office. Uh, podcasting is just kind of inconvenient, because she's on phone calls, and it'd be weird for me to talk with someone else in the room who's not, like, actively participating in the conversations, and also, most of what I talk about is nonsense, that is just a little weird. Um, but here we are going to talk about Mississippi State because that's what the Marino White Audible is all about it's about Mississippi State in case you didn't know that this is a Mississippi State podcast uh, brought to you by I guess technically sided directly but also Marino White Nation which is also sided. so fansighted Maroon White Nation it's all great you can check out this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or what was the other one Spreaker check out check it out over there yeah it's cool stuff um pretty laid back show today we're gonna go through some of the questions that y'all sent in where you're going to talk about how Mississippi State really really got the Joe Moorhead era started off on the right foot um and pretty much go from there I know I said we're going to a six days a week schedule that is like the, the ideal we're still working to get there um, classes have started. I've been buying books. I've been watching dogs for my parents because they went out of town. I've been, I've been, I've been busy. <laughs> I want to get to six days a week. That is what we are working to. Um, I'm going to have like scheduled segments, again shorter podcasts, but more podcasts. That is the end goal here. Um, if I can ever get to do this with a sense of regularity, I will be very happy. My schedule is not regular, um, not like the. Jamie Lee Curtis yogurt irregular I I do not need that special yogurt for pooping um, if you don't know what I'm talking about just look up what is Activia with Jamie Lee Curtis I think that's her name I gotta go fact check that Jamie Lee Curtis yogurt yeah there's been SNLs about it yeah it's Activia um. Oh, whole bunch of this. Ooh, they came under fire back in twenty ten, apparently, for lying about Activia. Interesting. Um, according to a headline from CBS News, I am not reporting news on that. I am here to talk about Mississippi State football, and not poop yogurt. Um, this is the weirdest show so far. So, starting with uh, Mississippi State's game against Stephen F. Austin, from there we're going to transition into questions, and then we're just going to get the show out, and I'm going to start working on Wednesday show, because this is Tuesday. You might be listening to this Wednesday. In that case, you'll have like two episodes to listen to, hopefully. We'll see how this goes. My schedule's weird. Okay, so Mississippi State opened up the Joe Moorhead era, opened up everything against Stephen F. Austin, the Lumberjacks from Nacogdoches, Texas. Um, things went well, as you can probably tell. That rhymed. Um, Mississippi State comes in, wins 63-6. to Everything went according to plan. You had Kylan Hill starting the scoring um, like two minutes into the game with a 53-yard pass, but it, it was... Not like a deep pass, not like a lot of the other passes that we're going to talk about. Um, it was a pass where, uh, Keaton Thompson, the starting quarterback for the game because Nick Fitzgerald was suspended, um, Keaton Thompson dumps it off to Hill, Hill sprints down the field like dodging tackles, and it just runs into the end zone pretty easily. Um few minutes later eight minutes later according to espn.com's college football play-by-play blah 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 blah. Uh, they got the stats broken down and everything drives broken down so shout out to espn here um mississippi state has the same thing but keaton thompson then runs it in nine yards on a drive that took two minutes and then two minutes later um osiris mitchell catches an 84 yard pass from keaton thompson a deep pass like a more traditional sort of deep pass the bulldogs outscored the lumberjacks 21 to nothing in the first quarter alone you could have stopped the the game there it would have felt all right it would have felt fine it, it just but mississippi state just hammered the lumberjacks every given opportunity um, going into the second quarter sfa tries to fight back they kick a field goal And then Mississippi State responds by scoring two more touchdowns. Um... One of which... Another pass to a running back. This one being Eris Williams. Keaton Thompson was scrambling. Avoiding a tackle. Just lofts the ball up. Eris Williams wide open. Catches it. Waltzes right into the end zone. Touchdown. Um... And then Dante Jones catches a 17-yard pass. Off of a drive for about, uh... Five minutes. Here. Four minutes and 55 seconds. To be exact. Um... And yeah, the the score at halftime was thirty-five to three. 30. Everything was good, everybody except those of them like clad in purple, the the lumberjacks. Those of them, that's not a that's not a phrase. Those of us, the people that were wearing the SFA uniforms, they were not so happy. Um, everyone that was present, like the portion that was Stephen F. Austin contingent not happy. Mississippi State just completely owned the first half, and, well, they owned the second half, too. Going into the second half, SFA kicks another field goal. 33 yards, whoop-de-doo. It's now 35-6. to um, Cyrus Mitchell catches another deep pass, this one 30 yards from Keaton Thompson, and then Kylan Hill gets a running touchdown this time of 6 yards. At the end of the third quarter, it's 49-6, to mississippi state's clearly running away with this uh and then keaton thompson runs the ball 25 yards like 10 seconds into the uh, fourth quarter on a two-play drive and scores another touchdown 56 to 6 and octavian lee caps it off with a five-yard run 63 to 6 mississippi state owned this game statistically just top to bottom head to toe whole nine yards um, Keaton Thompson completed 13 of 31 passes for 364 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. The completion percentage being at like 41%, that's a little, little iffy, um, a little frustrating that it's not better, but he threw for 364 yards on 13 passes, 13, well, 13 completions. Um... Five touchdowns. Mississippi State's passing game is going to be significantly different going forward. And this is something I wrote about um, in that Mississippi State's going to throw downfield more. Keaton Thompson doesn't look completely completely ready for that offense, but he does look like he could be the starter, and I wrote about that too. Go check those out at Myrna White Nation. Um, but... He doesn't look completely ready in this offense in that completion percentage was pretty low. He still got a lot of yards, still got a lot of touchdowns. Um, Against better defenses, probably not going to have that kind of performance. Um, But hopefully you would have more completions. Um, But along with those 364 yards and five touchdowns, Thompson also ran for 109 yards on 10 carries. Very touchdowns there. That's really good as a whole performance for a quarterback in his second start ever to accumulate 473 yards, if I did that math right, um, and seven touchdowns. That's incredible. Him alone passing eclipsed all of Stephen F. Austin's uh, total yards by, I want to say, like 100 yards. 110 yards exactly that's mississippi state is in a completely different offense uh, where there will be more explosive plays you just have to hope that the efficiency starts to come with it and it's not that penn state in the past couple years has like been radically inefficient um They've been a very efficient offense. Just not as efficient as Mississippi State was a year ago, as defined by Bill Connolly's S P plus system. But you can go read about that. I can't I can't fully describe it. I also don't have time to fully describe it here. But essentially, Mississippi State was able to run the ball consistently, convert on third downs, um, and was just gaining short chunks of yards at a time, ate at the clock, and scored. They moved the ball, they didn't really make any mistakes very few turnovers and they scored what you're going to see here not exactly the best completion percentage that'll probably improve as time goes on um but it's not like it was great with dan mullen and fitzgerald the past couple of years um but you're going to see more throws downfield you're going to see wide receivers utilized more in that aspect you're going to see tight ends used in that aspect um and the Bulldogs are probably going to score quicker. That's a good thing, because that gives you more opportunities and puts pressure on opposing offenses more. Um, Mississippi State's in a great place. I can't emphasize that enough. On defense, we've talked a lot about the offense. On defense, the Bulldogs forced 17 tackles for loss. They don't have that on ESPN, but I do know that that's over on uh, like sportsreference.com. Uh, um, 17 tackles for loss that's roughly half of what they had a year ago the, uh, the Bulldogs were phenomenal at creating pressure on the quarterback roughing up their offensive line the, the Lumberjacks offensive line and completely disrupting every single play you know they didn't completely stop every single play uh, but they disrupted just about all of it made things much more difficult for Stephen F. Austin than they probably would have been in any other game that the Lumberjacks are going to play this year. This, uh, this defensive line can be one of the best, if not the best, in the country. And that that is not a stretch to say. Things will be difficult um, against better offensive lines, clearly, when you're facing teams like Alabama, um, even Auburn, although they're breaking in a lot of new folks, uh, Kansas State this weekend, Um, Kentucky's probably got a better offensive line than Stephen F. Austin like things things are going to come a little bit more difficult for Simmons Sweat, Green, Rivers but like all of these guys are going to cause pressure on quarterbacks, they're going to get sacks they're going to get tackles for loss they're going to look really good and the fact that there's so many of them together at one time on one defensive line is very very exciting to watch so if you want to watch a whole bunch of scoring and a really good defensive line, this is the team to watch um, and then one area of concern that a lot of people had was the fact that Mississippi State was seemingly giving up a lot of like deep passes and like the, the lumberjacks were moving the ball and it wasn't necessarily the case um, in total, Stephen of Austin threw 477 yards they didn't score any touchdowns, they threw an interception That's, that's not, I mean, that's not great. You don't want to give up 177 yards to to anybody, but it's not like that's, they didn't even get 200 yards passing against Mississippi State's, like, very glaring, like, obvious weakness in the secondary, and it's not like that very glaring, obvious weakness really appeared as if it had two years ago. 2016 was awful for the secondary. This group could have done better they could have done significantly worse. And we've seen them play significantly worse before. So I'm not too worried about the secondary yet. Corners, safety is they're fine right now. Uh, we will see how they perform against better teams, though. So... And that's what I've got on the, the game. Um, I'm going to go into questions now. Didn't get that many. So, if you have questions, tweet at... MWN underscore podcast, because it me, Ethan Lee, over there, here, both, I don't know, let me get those questions up, do, 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 do. yeah, okay. starting with Gil, I'm going to butcher your, your last name, I'm sorry, Manaclang, Manaclang, it's a really cool name for like a uh, Mississippi State fan gotta say that much state had or er, well here let me let me read as a uh, at rx underscore more cowbell prescription mark cowbell that's that's great uh state had 12 different receivers with catches on saturday will this receiver by committee continue or will gidry mitchell or someone else become the stud whiteout i would not be surprised if it's a receiver by committee through most of the year um I wouldn't expect it to continue to be, like, 12 different receivers. I would expect it to become more like 7 to 8. Uh, just because right now you are able to use everybody. It doesn't really matter. You're playing against Stephen F. Austin. You can play as many different names as you want. You can go down the depth chart as far as you want. It doesn't matter. Um, against teams like, say, Auburn in four weeks, you are going to want your best guys consistently on the field. Um... Now, Gidry, Stephen Gidry, Osiris Mitchell, Austin Williams, um, are just names off the top of my head that I, I would expect to see a lot of going forward. Um, and I, I really, I'm really, i really excited by the emergence of Osiris Mitchell on those deep passes, being left completely wide open. The dude's taller than everyone else. It looks like, like he's faster than everyone else, too. I am excited about that, and I really hope that that continues... Um, and I would hope that state can find enough receivers to create a, a rather full committee, but not one that is consistently using 12, just because I don't know that that provides enough fear into defensive backs. Because you do want a couple of big names, like guys that are notably talented, um, notably more talented than the other people lower on the depth chart. You want those guys playing. And you want, I mean, I guess you want to hide them on the film for as long as possible, but you want those guys really going. Um, so I would still kind of expect a receiver by committee approach. You've got tight ends. Um, it's not like this is some other some other receiving cores in the SEC. Uh, Ole Miss has a really good one. Um, but it's still going to be a solid group, and I think you should use the entirety of this group. And I, I'm willing to bet that that's what Moorhead's going to do. Um, but we'll wait and see. I'd, I'd love it if one guy emerged kind of like Deronu Wilson uh, did a few years back. Or like Fred Ross around the same time. So two guys. So I hope my babbling and incoherent thoughts didn't, didn't ruin that answer for you. So from Ross, uh, Realist Rosé. Nice. He, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, Ross. No, for sure. I know Ross. Don't know him. He, uh... For whom the cabal told with me for a little bit, we tweet back and forth. I think this is a great picture with the, uh... fake mustache there. So... Do I parlay the over and the spread? I am sorry, Ross, for not recognizing you right away. Do I parlay the over and the spread? Um... Oh, no, 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 this is a full question. Line already moved from a full point from 7.5 to 8.5 for state. The over-under was 57, but it's since been removed. I'm sure it'll be back later. Talking about betting, talking about gambling, talking about stuff that I don't, I don't really know about, if you can tell from that uh, that butchering of reading that question. Questions? Those questions. Um, I don't, I don't know how many points state's going to score this weekend. Um... Given that Kansas State struggled mightily against South Dakota... Granted, they're going to be playing better this weekend. I'd I'd have to wager than what they did last weekend. Um... I... I would definitely... Hmm... Bet in favor of State to cover that spread. But I, I don't gamble, so... Take all of this with a grain of salt, because I don't have money to spend like this. Um... I would bet in favor of State covering the spread. Um, the over-under I would leave alone if it does return around 57. I, I just I don't know. Because I'm not feeling overly confident in Kansas State's ability to score against Mississippi State's defense. Um, which is a good thing to be confident about as a Mississippi State fan. But if you're talking about betting for over-unders, wouldn't touch that. Um, Mississippi State covering spreads... Like, yeah, yeah, I would, I would take that bet. Oh, someone just closed a door. What is happening? That's a weird thing to hear. Huh. Okay, and our final question of the day from Trey at Baby Statesman. Um, I've tweeted with all of these guys and from the Cabal told with all of these guys a bit. Well, not Baby Statesman. He's not from the Cabal told. And I'm not at whom the Cabal told anymore. Hashtag runaway nation go go check us out don't don't do that don't do anything but that yeah yeah okay so from trey i actually read this question earlier because I went to my personal account too um and then <laughs> broke it down some so i i am moderately prepared for once as your okay here we go as your season has your season oh I, I thought it said season one season prediction changed at all after week one I can't read um did state do anything week one to really surprise you for better or worse so taking that first part of the question i don't know that i was ever documented saying this is how many wins i think state's gonna get this year like i, I don't think i documented that this year not publicly at least um you can talk to people i've talked to before like my friend liz or probably daniel black i've talked with him about this some too or you know Vlad, Justin, Will, Will Lawrence, I haven't talked with Will Larson, or my friend Matt, I think I said Matt. Anyway, you can talk to these people, I've pretty much said anywhere from probably 8 to 10 wins, um, so if we're just going to be like as direct as possible, I'm going to say 9 wins this year. That's what I've said coming into this, that's what I'm going to, like. I want to be documented as I said, State will probably get 9 wins, and I'm comfortable saying that. Um, I thought that going into the game Saturday, a couple days ago, uh, as like, you know, I thought that coming in to this season, I still think that, so nothing's really changed. To answer your question, Trey, nothing's really changed here. Um, I'm still thinking that going forward, that state's probably going to get nine wins this year. There's a few games I'm a little iffy on right now, and that, that's, we're going to talk about those games later, but um, LSU intrigues me because I don't know who they are. Um, they won big against Miami, but we really don't know who Miami is right now. And also, LSU, like, statistically wasn't wasn't all that beautiful. They won big, but Miami made a lot of mistakes. Granted, you could argue that LSU forced those mistakes, whatever. I, just as a whole, don't know who Miami is definitely not a top 10 team right now um and you don't know who lsu is so i i have a hard time figuring that game out just now um looking at other opponents auburn alabama i'm still very very iffy on those but just as a whole season prediction really hasn't changed all that much unless you're talking about overall season prediction where lsu i think might be actually better than what i expected So, shout out to you, LSU. Um, Did State do anything week one to really surprise you for better or worse? I didn't. I honestly, I mean, I I knew that Moorhead's offense would be more explosive. I didn't think it would be that explosive. In that, like, you complete 13 passes, you get 364 yards. Didn't think that would be the case. That's a very beautiful thing to see. Um, It'd be great if we could complete more passes, but, you know is what it is and then I guess Kylan Hill starting over Eris Williams because of just how steady and consistent and good Eris Williams has been Kylan Hill's phenomenal he is going to be great I'm I'm excited to see that but just him starting over Eris Williams was a bit of a shock to me but now I see why it happened and I'm totally fine with it uh that was fun to watch um Keys on Thompson and Kylan Hill. Oh man, they're going to be so good next year. So so good next year. I I am really really excited to see that. So that is all I've got so far. It's a decent length episode. I I got those three, well I guess it's more than three questions or like two questions each. I got six questions ish kind of. Um I'm Ethan Lee. This is the Marina White Audible. I am recording in my bedroom. I want a studio. If someone has a studio that I can use, um, let me know for free. I don't have money. Yeah. I'm Ethan Lee. This is Marina White Audible. Go read my words over at myrna White Nation. Also, shout out to everyone else at Marino White Nation. Um, there's, there's a team of us. We're a squad. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, you can check me out on Twitter. Just look up Ethan Lee, at Lee Ethan J, the letter J, not yeah um, you can find the show iTunes spreaker Google play go do it y'all have a good one